Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, family. We want to welcome you today. Merry Christmas to everybody. You guys are family, and I want to welcome all you first-time visitors. You are a friend. You are a friend amongst the family of WCF, the family of Jesus Christ. We are in unity with Christ because of this Christmas day. The gift came. The light came, and he is here, and is why we celebrate Christmas. And I want to welcome you all for coming today, because you guys are also a gift and a light for our Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. We got some announcements before we got the dynamic duo coming up. I want to mention that for Wednesday, December 28th, we have service. So that's a good thing. At 7 p.m., and we also have New Year's Day services. It's New Year's Day at 11 a.m. It's one service at 11 a.m. The holiday offices from December 26th and 27th is closed. And January 22nd, the office is closed also. But how many are excited for New Year's coming on Sunday, 11 o'clock a.m.? And also one more, we got any gifts of money received after December 30th at 4.30 p.m. will not, everybody say not, be receipted in the 2016 income tax receipts but included in 2017 income tax receipts online giving will be received until december 30th now oh sorry 31st thank you pastor that is why he is the boss and the leader of wcf and i want to welcome pastor rick and pastor rj father and son team today i'm excited you guys are in for a treat pastor rick has got a gift Pastor RJ's got a gift, and God has blessed them with a mighty gift. Amen. Amen. Love you. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You look amazing out there. Everybody look at somebody and say, you look like you're brilliant today. Incredibly talented. Talent. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome describes who you are. And you even look amazing today. High five that one around you. Greet them. Tell them how much you're happy that they're here with you today. And we look forward to getting together. Let's pull this down here. You got it okay? Glory to God. Wow, 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 wow. Been an amazing uh, Christmas weekend. Uh, We're just so thankful for all those last night that labored and made it possible. Hardly a seat in the whole place last night at both services. Amazing. To see the people that came out and and, but also what's really more amazing is all you that are watching around the world by live stream we're just so happy that you're connected with us here in windsor ontario a couple that's with us today they were watching us for a long time over in england and then he took his taking his last year of law school over here so he said we got to get to that church and they've been with us colette and jason and their little daughter ever ever since that time it's impacting around the world. So we're just so thankful for all the WCF members. Hi, Pastor Kathy. Love you, girl. See you in a little bit, okay? And all the others that are with us. So we're honored that you're with us. We're ready for the word today. Are you all ready? 
RJ, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. I get the opportunity to start. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, let's all stand as we start the scripture reading today. And we're going to be coming back to these here verses into quite a bit of detail. But I just want to give you a little background on this. How many know the Son of God wasn't born in Jerusalem? He wasn't born in Capernaum. Come on. Let's say that. He, he was born in Bethlehem. Have you ever wondered why God, how many know whatever God does, he doesn't do it by a coincidence or a chance. The prophet Micah, 700 years prior to the birth, said the great one's going to be born out of Bethlehem Epaphrath. That was the name of, that, of the city that day. And isn't it amazing, the Son of God also knows, okay, in his foreknowledge, how many also know that they were in Nazareth? But how many know it didn't say the baby's going to be born in Nazareth? So how many know they came right at that time when Mary was in labor, right at that time, and how many know she was at the right time, at the right place, with the right people? Come on now. So we're going to tell you a little bit about stables today. We're going to tell you a little bit about sheep today. We're going to tell you a little bit about Bethlehem today. We're going to tell you a little bit about the Son of God. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 2, we have the honor to read. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. That was the first census taken when Quinerus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census because Joseph was a descendant of King David. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. That's what my whole message is on today. And laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared amongst them, and radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to how many of the people? To all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about Mm. this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Wow, wow. Thus says the Lord, and everybody can be seated. We're going to pick up from there right now for just a few moments today. I'm very, very excited about this message. Okay? How many know we tell people, Merry Christmas? How many know that's very traditional in our culture today? I usually say, Bless Christmas, come on. 
And what does the word Christmas actually mean? The word Christ, it's two words actually. The one is Christ. What does Christ mean? Well, in the Greek, Christ literally means the anointed one. Come on. But we also know that in the Hebrew, the word means Messiah, okay? It means the deliverer, but also there's a second part that we celebrate at this time of year, and it's the word mass. Everybody say mass. Well, what does actually the word mass mean? It means sacrificial death. So what are we actually pointing to when we say Merry Christmas? We're actually saying the anointed Messiah sacrificed death. Every time we say, and isn't it amazing in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 11, it says as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show not the Lord's resurrection, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. The whole message today is going to be built on that whole aspect of Christmas that you're going to see in a different light than you've ever seen it before. My turn. Your turn. <laughs> we'll get used to this. My wife loves when, this. When Jesus Christ was born uh, here on the planet Earth, there was this miracle that happened called the Incarnation where God clothed himself with human flesh and, and he literally became one of us and started living and moving and, and interacting with us. And as Jesus went through life sinless, he represented that sacrificial lamb. Once again, we see that. And just like the, the lamb had to be without spot and without blemish, Jesus lived a sinless life here on the planet because he was the God-man. And in the book of John chapter 1, the, the scriptures tell us that the word, the eternal God himself, became flesh, meaning the man Jesus, when this happened, the eternal God stepped out of eternity into time to become a man of flesh and blood, and he was a genuine man, but at the same time, he remained yep. God. The ones that I want to talk about right now is some interesting words that you heard in this scenario. How many know he was born in Bethlehem? Well, have you ever wondered why the Messiah, the anointed one that was on the death sacrifice, was going to be born in Bethlehem? Because it had to fulfill the promise that in the city of David, many think the city of David was Jerusalem in his latter life, but how many know David was not born in Jerusalem? How many know David was in Bethlehem? In 1 Samuel, you can check it out where the prophet Samuel actually came to the house to pick the king, and guess what? He was in the city of Bethlehem. Well, have you ever wondered why? What does Bethlehem mean if that's the case? Well, Bethlehem literally means the house of bread. It speaks of the heavenly manna as such. And how many know Jesus is the bread of life? He's the sustenance of our life. He's the heavenly man according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But here's what I want you to get this morning because this is one of the most amazing stories is it came, listen, we always preach today and we always teach that the three wise men were the ones that came to see Jesus and they bowed down before him with the gold, the frankincense, and incense. How many know that? The manger scenes. My wife's got one. I got flowers that got a manger. I got that. And it's got the king's. But that's not the story. 
It was to up to two years later because they followed the star from the Middle East, other nations, and the three kings that we do know about that brought the three gifts. We don't know how many, but there's at least three, but they brought three different gifts, and each one was significant of that part of, his, uh, of the Christ. The gold represented, of course, his deity. We recognize the frankincense, the, uh, the anointing upon his life and the mir- miracles. And we also saw Mir was the anointing for burial. But here's the point that I want to bring out. The message came to one group of people. Who was the message given to? I'm glad you asked. Go ahead and go. This is you. Pick right in. I like this. One of the oldest prophets. If I didn't see you, I could say, Kathy. <laughs> we do this all the time. Come on, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're, you're RJ. I'm very happy. Okay. Okay. One of the world's oldest professions is shepherding. And when Jesus appeared, or when the angel came and appeared, he appeared to the shepherds. But throughout the Old Testament, we see that these guys have a pretty good reputation. Like, let's think about this. Moses, what was one of his professions for a little while? He was a shepherd. How about David? He was, yeah, King David. Yeah, even even one of the patriarchs, Jacob. Jacob, yeah, he's another one. There there, there was some pretty prominent figures in the Old Testament that were shepherds, and they watched over the sheep. Even Abel was the first one in the Bible. Even Abel, there you go. There you go. He was a shepherd. So they had a very favored status in the Old Testament, but really in that day and age that they lived in, uh, there was a term that they used. Uh, I, I should back up. Pastor Rick did most of the research and developing of this message today, and he did, <laughs> he did such a good job developing. I looked at it, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> like, like, it was so well laid out and so well done. I didn't have to change anything today. I was like, that. well, that's why I married your mother, Kathy, and she knows what she's, just the way she likes it done over here. So anyway, I just leave the script and go have fun. She, yes, she... I know. So I'm trying to follow up. <laughs> But here's the term, am, am, harats, or harets, meaning common folks or people of the land. So really, to be called a am harets, it wasn't a compliment. It was kind of um, one of those things that they used only for the people that were maybe unclean or uncapped or, or not so prominent in the society. So really, they weren't the religious folks that the angel came to. It was the the shepherds that he came to. And oftentimes they were in the lower rung of society. Mm -hmm. They were too busy doing uh, doing all that dirty work to be considered clean. And uh, they didn't always go on the pilgrimages. And really it's the last place on earth that we would have expected God to reveal his glory to amongst these people known as the shepherds. And they were also very lowly and humble. Yes. Uh, what we should do, though, right now is we should play our Christmas video that tells the story about this with the kids. From the kids' perspective? Yes. That's a good one. Put it up there. We're all just big kids if you haven't learned that yet. Yes. There's this girl named Mary. She loved God and she loved clean stuff. But one day, an angel appeared. Mary was so surprised and kind of scared. But the angel said, don't be scared, you're going to have a baby. 
And then Mary said, How can I have a baby? I'm not married. But the angel said, It's all right. The baby will be God's son, Jesus. Mary was supposed to marry a guy named Joseph. She said to him, Look, I'm going to have a baby. Joseph was pretty surprised, too, because he didn't know how to be a dad. But he wanted to take good care of the mom and the baby. Right before the baby was going to be born, Joseph and Mary had to go on a long trip to a town called Bethlehem. But it was okay, because Joseph made sure that Mary didn't have to walk by herself. But when they got to Bethlehem, it was so full of people. Nobody had roof on them. They tried one place. They didn't get other place. At the last place, the guy started to say no. Then he said, wait. I've got a place for you out back. But you gotta be okay with animals. There weren't even any beds. But it was nice and warm. When Mary had Jesus, they wrapped him in cloth. And put them in the animal's food dish. No one else knew about Jesus yet. But there were some shepherds just outside of town. And some angels showed up. The shepherds were like, oh no, what's happening? But the angel said, don't be scared. I have something really, really awesome to tell you. God's son, Jesus, has been born. He's in Bethlehem. He's all wrapped up in a blanket. The shepherds were super excited. So they got everyone together and ran to find Jesus. They were really glad when they found the right place. They were like, is this where Jesus is? And Mary let them come in. And they even got to hold and cuddle the baby. Sometime later, some kings were living far away from baby Jesus. But God sent them a special star. The kings followed the special star a long way. A really long way. A really, really long way. The star showed the kings right where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus were. They even brought special presents for baby Jesus. Then everybody had a big party. Because they were so glad that God sent baby Jesus. That night was the best night ever. It was the best night ever. It was the best night ever! It was the best night ever. I love it. Let's go back for just a moment to the book of Luke chapter 2, and I want you to just to look at something in verse number 7. And then we're going to go right down for just a moment. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And if you can't put it up in the New King James, uh, I, I did a little study on this here out of this version because I got a dictionary that all I do is touch the word and it comes all the meanings. 
So that makes it a little bit easier than the new living. They haven't gotten that far, but it's coming, okay? So it says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in, come on, what's it say? Swaddling cloths and laid him in a? Because there was no room for them where at? In the? So the holiday inns were all filled up. Okay, so they had to take him in and in. But it's very interesting about that. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, here's the next thing. And, and let's go to the next one. No room for them in the end. So keep going down. It said, now there were, come on, say it with me. In the same country, what? Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping what? Watch over their flock by night. And what else about these shepherds does it say? Come on. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And then look what else it says. Come on. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now look at this next verse. This is, this is what got me. For there is born to you, come on, this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Go ahead. Verse number 12. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, now, hang on. Hang on for just a moment. The word sign is the word indicator. And it means that like a turn signal pointing that you're going in a certain direction. It's actually even translated as a supernatural, a miraculous sign. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why didn't they use Jack who worked for Air Canada? Why did he have to call a shepherd? Why didn't he get my friend Carl over here, an executive over at Chrysler? Why, did he get, why didn't he get Mike, who used to be a home builder? Why didn't he pick one of the other tradesmen? Why is it that he picked a shepherd? It's significant, and it's very, very significant because these were not, what was that word, RJ, that I wrote in my notes over there? Ar, what do you call them? Armhama? Arhara. Okay, these weren't the everyday are harass shepherds. What was it? Am haaretz. Yeah, that's it. That's good. You got it, okay? <laughs> you can keep the Greek. I'll do the Aramaic, and we'll celebrate the Hebrew. Okay. Okay, so, so hang on. Hang on. It tells you this is going to be a sign to you. So guess what? Apparently, it wouldn't be a sign to Rick. So if I'm walking down, and the angel comes to me and says, Hey, um, dude, go and find a baby. He's going to be wrapped in. What you, which manger? Come on, hang on. What, what, where are you going to find swaddling clothes? And have you ever wondered what swaddling clothes are? They're called strips of cloths. So here's a baby going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. So apparently, these shepherds were familiar with swaddling clothes. Apparently, these shepherds were familiar with the manger. And apparently, they knew where the manger was at. How did they know all that? Because God made it easy for them. Go ahead. Go ahead and hit that point. The tower. <laughs> the, the Bethlehem shepherds, yeah. okay, there's a, there's a tower called the, the Migdal Adar, and you see, it in the, you see it in the book of Genesis when, when Rachel died. <laughs> but then you see it again here because just outside of Bethlehem, it appears, 
to the best of our ability, to the best of our knowledge, it appears, just outside of Bethlehem, they had this tower or this safe place where the shepherds would go for security, for safety, and, and for, to withhold the weather or, or danger. But in there, they kept a very specific manger or birthing place for the lambs, and it was ceremonially clean. Hey, you but the reason it. that it was going. ceremonial clean was because those shepherds just outside of Bethlehem came about right around the time that the Hebrew people instituted the system of sacrifice in Jerusalem. So they raised the sacrificial lambs that were sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem at the Migdal Adar. So is that starting to make a little bit of sense? So, so there was this place in Bethlehem where the shepherds, very specifically a specific group, these were not just normal shepherds, they were like the professional shepherds right. that had to raise the sacrificial lambs for the temple. And this seems to be very consistent with all of the biblical terminology that we see where Christ is called the Lamb of God. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that Mary and Joseph would end up in the Migdal Idar to give birth to the Lamb of God at the same place that all the, ewes, the, the female lambs would go to give birth to their young that would be sacrificed in the temple because he was sacrificed once and for all. Hopefully that explains that a little bit. You did. Wow. And he didn't even get this section of the notes. Now, here's the point that you need to know. Midgar, Edgar, this here tower, okay, this tower is where one of the shepherds would be at night. And when he would stand, he would go up into this here tower, and it was called the sheepfold where they would bring the sheep in, and he would watch for all the troubled other animals that could come that could do harm to the sheep. And so in the bottom part of the tower, okay, is where this manger was, and this was very familiar to them because all the sacrifices that were still going on in that time in the temple, the only lambs that could actually be used for the sacrifice were these lambs that came in from these shepherds. Now, are you ready for this one? Are you ready for this here? Okay. The lamb was wrapped in swaddling clothes to protect it from any harm, and they laid the lamb in a manger that was lined with soft hay. Well, why did it have to be soft hay? And why did they put actually strips of cloths around the little baby lamb when the ewe actually gave birth and had the little baby lamb? Because here's what it says. The lamb for sacrifices must be without blemish. A bruised or a broken bone would actually disqualify the animal from being for the sacrifice. So these guys knew exactly what was going on. They saw it before John the Baptist came up and said, behold, the lamb. that was 30 years later. And he said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. These shepherds knew that this was the lamb of God who took away the sins of the world right there that very night. It goes on and it says, once the lamb had settled down from the birthing, the shepherds would remove the swathing material 
and to deliver the lamb to its mother, and that's exactly what happened when they came in. The lamb would receive special care from the shepherd, from the priest, because this lamb would be sacrificed for the sins of the people. And it's all there in the story here in Luke chapter two. I've been preaching 41 years and never heard this here, never knew this here until this week. Go ahead, Pastor RJ. Just jump in. Okay. So Jesus was born in the very place that all these special lambs were born, and they were very well taken care of. So we saw that Abraham, Moses, David, they were all shepherds, and God made great promises to them about a delivering Messiah that was going to come forth. And now he honors that promise by announcing the birth of the Messiah to the shepherds first. And, and Jesus actually uses this imagery as an example to all of us of who a great leader is going to be. So pastors, shepherds, they shepherd their sheep. They lay down their life for their sheep. And what happens is <coughs> God wants us to understand, and we, we, we need to have an understanding. From the very beginning, God cares about you, and he's concerned about you, and he's interested in your life. That's right. He's interested in you. In fact, the Bible goes so far as to say he knows every detail about us, including every hair on our head. Now, for some of us, he has to work a little harder for that than others. <laughs> I didn't say it. Easy. <laughs> but God's never going to abandon us. He's never going to let us go. He's always going to be there for us. And right from the beginning, we can see that there was this plan that God had for mankind and you see it developed all through the old covenant and then you see we're getting into the time where that was completed or fulfilled and brought into fruition when Jesus Christ was born as the Messiah who takes away the sins of the world but it's so much more than just taking away your sin God wants to be involved in your everyday life he wants to be involved in every affair of your life every detail of your life and he wants to have a relationship with each and every right. one of you on a personal level. In John 10, he said, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he said, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. How many know, RJ just said it, he calls every one of you by name. You're not impersonal to him. He's a, he's a personal God. And oftentimes we allow the thing that, that to separate us from the thing that's in the forefront of us, our shortcomings. How many know that Rick's got shortcomings? One, two, three people knew that, okay. Everybody else is so delusional that you actually thought I don't have shortcomings. Uh, if you don't know it, just come on a Sunday morning when Pastor Kathy's there, and you'll see the two of us together, okay? And, and you'll see us, and, and, and you know what? But the reality is, he came for one reason, to bring us back to the Father. Come on. I was at the mall the other day, and, and when I was there, I saw some of my, our, our members over there, and I, I just made a comment, and I said it, and tried to muzzle the words coming out so it sounded like a different voice. And the one that would heard it surely was the one. She, as soon as she heard it, hey, that's my shepherd. That's it. I know his voice. And so I couldn't even disguise it. Come on now. 
Okay, so it says, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leaves them out. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice, and yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he had spoken. Then he said, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door to the sheep. How many know he, he, he's the door to the whole sheepfold, if you want to call it, that the doors go in. But how many know he went in first before all of us with his death sacrifice on the cross? And what does he tell you and I as his followers? What does he say to you and I as his disciples? If any man wants to be my disciple, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross, come on, and then come and follow me. What does that literally mean to us is the crux of the messages. It's not about me. It's not about RJ. It's not about Kathy. And it's not about you. But it's about the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. The Bible said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. So many are in the pursuit of this venture and that venture. And God said, no, you put me first. You acknowledge me as number one. You put me number one inside of your life and then not before then things will go well Abel the keeper of the sheep and 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 Cain the keeper of the land with the crops they had one issue one simple issue is Cain didn't bring the first Cain brought the leftover and Abel brought the firstling of his flock come on And it wasn't, uh, scholars have said it's because of the blood. It had nothing to do with the blood. You can't get blood out out, out of wheat. Come on. But he brought the first. And when he brought the first, come on now, it was the connection point with God. And see, this is what I tell people all the time. This whole Christian journey in life, Jesus said, I could, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill and destroy. Come on. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. But it doesn't work when we fit God in as a convenient cafeteria-type Christian. It fits in when we put God as number one in our lives. Amen. The night that the angel appeared to the shepherds was truly the greatest night ever. Because that's the day that Jesus came to earth and everything changed from that point forward. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the, the message paraphrase uh, version for a second because it communicates really well. And, and it says this, it says, bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Catch this next part. Make friends with nobodies and don't be a great somebody. Wow. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone, and if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Wow. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges we have in our Christian life is just loving people. And so many times we want to be the great somebody, and God's saying, go make friends with the nobodies. But the truth is, who are we to think that we're a somebody when really we're probably nobodies? It's like the Wemmicks and Mac Lucado story. They put stars and dots on each other all the time. I used to laugh at all, all the time because people do that. We put ourselves in classes and we put ourselves over here. We make ourselves better than we are. 
the truth is, all of us need the humility of Christ where we can open our heart so that he can come in and change the mess that's inside of us into a story. All of us have to really invite the Savior into our life, just like the shepherds had to go and acknowledge Christ and then the wise men came later. And they probably came into town with a whole army. Kings usually travel with armies. We don't have time to develop that today. But that's why it says all of Jerusalem was troubled because the kings came to find the king of kings with a whole army. (laughs) That's right. But wise men still seek him today. So the wisdom of God is we need to become a nobody and humble ourselves before Christ and invite the somebody in so that he can start working inside of us and change us from the inside out. And that changes everything for you and for me. Go ahead. Wow. That's, I like that nobodies and somebodies. Matter of fact, same translation, put up 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, and we're going to pick up there. You know, in the scriptures, the Bible says Moses, he, 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 listen to this here, Moses, he said, he was the most humble guy on the face of the earth. And he wrote it. <laughs> I mean, that's what just, it's like he wrote it. And I used to, it, it, we used to hear this all the time, you know, if you're humble, you don't tell people that you're humble. Right or wrong? But have you ever wondered why he actually put that down? Because in the Song of Moses, when they came out from the Red Sea and delivered, wasn't a, uh, wasn't a Mediterranean Sea, wasn't a Black Sea, it wasn't the China Sea, it was the, come on, the Red Sea. Okay, been there many times over my journeys. And the reason why, you'll see 46 references to God in the Song of Moses. But you will not see one reference to him. And so he had his priorities right, and he knew where his help came from. He knew where the deliverance came from. In 1 Corinthians 1, I want everybody to, to, to look around at somebody and say, take a look around. Okay, now look what he calls his friends. Notice, at who you were when you got called into this life. He said, I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential. Now, how many know we're just ordinary people? With an extraordinary God, come on. In a natural body with the supernatural endowment of the grace of God. So we just recognize everything we have in ours, a gift of God's grace, come on. So he says, the brightest and the best among you, not many, they didn't say there was none, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits, that the, it's, it says, and abuses, and he chooses these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. Come on. So how many know when you feel like you're a nobody, how many know you're not a nobody to God, but you're a somebody to God? And so, because it's not about Rick, it's not about us, it's not about WCF being better than anyone else, but it's about the Christ in us, the hope of glory. So he says, that makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, everybody say everything Everything. that we have. Come on, look at it, go keep that verse up there if you can. He goes on and says, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start. No, stay right up there on verse, the other verse. 
I'm watching it right back here in the screen. 19, 1 Corinthians 26, whatever the last verse was. Okay, it says over there, he chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose those nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. And that's why we have this saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Amen. Amen. That's close. Go ahead. Let's do both. You do the altar. <laughs> okay, first? Yes. Okay, perfect. Stand up with me if you can. So here we are, Christmas Day 2016. Some of you had a conversation with God this morning, as you do most days. Some of you haven't talked with the Creator in a long time, and some of you are like, there's a Creator. You're all coming from different backgrounds and different streams. But you know, today's one of the days where the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, is going to appear to you and say, you know what? My son Jesus came to earth nearly 2,000 years ago. And he was the sacrificial, sacrificial lamb for all of humanity. And he lived a sinless life and he was crucified on a cross. He spent three days in the earth and then he rose up from the dead, which separates Christianity from every other religion. We have a risen Savior. We have a risen founder. And, and Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead and died on the cross, he was the sacrifice for your sins. Because sin and God don't get along good. So when he died, he brought you back into a relationship with God by accessing by faith the sacrifice that he did for you and for me. And when you access forgiveness of sins, that puts you in good standing with God. And then you can start living life because he puts his nature inside of you. And as you walk in his nature, you start living from the inside out and life looks different for you. You can start making good moral choices and you can start listening to the voice of God who gives you all the wisdom you need for this life. And truly, at that point, you have an understanding of what Christmas is all about. That's right. Because God gave his best for you and for I. So... While you're standing here with me, if you've never, ever given your life to Christ or you've been away with, from him for a long time and you know that you need to get back to him, you know, today would be a great day for you to say, you know, I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to get my life right with God. Uh, you know, you're standing here in a church service Christmas Day 2016, but why not just take the extra step and come down to the front here and say, I want to give my life yes, to Jesus. Indeed. and. And Pastor Dave's right here. He'll, he'll pray with you and, and talk to you and give you a little bit of literature, just some things to read so that you can have a, a good understanding. And as Michael said yes, earlier, as Christians, we are a family. We're born into the family of God. And some of you have been away from him like the prodigal, and it's your day to return today. That's right. And God's calling men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and give their life to him. So if you need to return to God, you should come down to the front now. If you need to give your life to Christ, they'll, they'll, they'll pray with you, and you can join us in the family of God. And what a great day to do it, Christmas Day 2016. You'll always remember the day you gave your life to Christ. Try.
he gets, Jesus took our sin nature and gave us his divine nature. Jesus took our unrighteousness and gave us his righteousness. Jesus took our fears and gave us a new law called faith. Jesus took the curse of the law that could be summed up in poverty, sickness, and separation from God. Why? That you and I could have fellowship with God, that by his stripes we are healed. And he that was made poor was made to be rich, that we could have the life that we have today. So Jesus did that all for us, but the most important thing is he took our sins and he gave us something that none of us could earn or ever deserve, and he gave us his forgiveness, and he sealed it with the blood covenant on the night in which he was betrayed. And so if you're here and you've not given your life to God and you want to start that new beginning, we'll be honored to lead you in to that walk with Jesus Christ. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So feel free to come down now, or if you want to come down right at the end, we'll also be there. We're very encouraged today that you're here today and all those watching by live stream. Amen. And it is Sunday morning. And how many know on Sunday we honor God, okay? And the Bible says honor God with our first fruits. Come on. And this church is just incredible in that. And we're just so thankful for each and every one of you. And we want all of our visitors to know that we appreciate you visiting with here. But don't feel that you have to give anything today in any way. But if you would like to, the ushers will get you an envelope now. And if you're making out checks, kindly make them out to WCF. And it's all set up for all you that are watching online. We want to just tell you that are watching online, we so appreciate your generosity and it's carrying itself now, the whole live stream thing, because of the generosity of the incredible people like you that are watching with us today. So thank you in advance for your kindness today. And so if you need an envelope, the ushers have it, and then the ushers are going to receive, and we're going to put on the last video clip over here. There's three of them, so we're going to pass the second one about the life of the shepherd and go right to the third one. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, if you want to come down, let's watch this one, if we will. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior. Yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God.
when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary quietly treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God for what the angels had told them, and because they had seen the child just as the angels had said. Well, let's all stand. We just want to bless the families today. RJ is going to pray a blessing over the families, and we're just going to pray a blessing over all the couples that are here also. And for the new year, God has incredible things in store, I believe, for each one of us that is here as we just put him first place in our lives. Amen? So, Father, bless each one that is here today. Give them the deepest God-given desires of their heart in this 2017 that is right around us. May it be a year that we would seize the opportunities to personal growth and our relationship and walk with Christ. May it be the year of our release. May it be the year of God's favor. May it be the year of his great breakout for each and everyone that is here, Daddy. We ask it in Jesus' name and by his authority, Daddy. Amen. And Father, we thank you today for all of the families that are represented here. I thank you for the fathers and mothers and the sisters and brothers and the sons and daughters and all the people, Father. And as they go and take care of different things with different family functions and different mm -hmm. things over this season, I thank you that we can keep our peace, that we can sure. keep our joy, that we can let our light shine before you, that your grace will be upon every marriage, mm -hmm. that your grace will be upon every mm -hmm. family as people interact with one another, that their joy will be complete. I thank you, Father, that we are healthy emotionally, we are healthy spiritually, and we are healthy physically because of the things that you have done for us. And Lord, as we celebrate today, Christmas, that it truly was the greatest night that this planet has ever seen, the night that Jesus Christ came to earth clothed in human flesh. Yes. And we're grateful to you forever. So we bless our friends at other churches around the city this day, right. and we thank you, Father, that you're leading us into your grace, into your mercy, and you sustain us in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Shake the hand of the one next to you. High five them and have the best day of your life. Remember to reach out to the less fortunate today. Reach out to the shut-ins. Reach out to those that have nobody around so you can be a blessing to their lives. Thank you for coming. Look forward to seeing you in the new year. Have the best day of your life.